Hey y'all, I'm Lucy. And I'm Jean. And we're from the Newsy Floozies podcast with CSPN Media. I know y'all are like, but that's not the podcast we clicked on. But bitch, this is what you got. It is, it is. Because mm-hmm. we that queer black podcast you didn't even know you needed. Exactly. Two gay women. Oh my goodness. What are they going to talk about? Tune in and find out. We come out every Monday. We sure do. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Newsy Floozies. See y'all on Monday. The gay day. Hey. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host for tonight, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cat at uh, Roddy Cat on Twitter, News Notes Need on Twitter, um, the News Notes Need Reddit. Uh, and CB Caps Instagram. And with me tonight, as always, is the man, the myth, the fellow, one sound effects master, Agent Underscore 70, that you can find at Agent Underscore 70 at Instagram and Twitter. And... I'm back at home base in Brooklyn, New York, where we have about three to four inches of snow on the ground. Yes. yes. So if you are in snow, snow-covered areas, like our other um, laser-focused, laser-eyed <laughs> uh, gentleman that is with us tonight. Uh, Y'all tune into the video to see this. Yes, That's what's important. Definitely. He's going to be shooting you with uh, his ruby lasers pretty soon. It is PEC and underscore dirt. Yeah, and today I'm coming at you with 5.3 inches of snow. Yes. <laughs> and he is and he is also coming at you at PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. Also uh Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and I need comics.com. So, and also as we're finding out, soon to be coming back to a uh, a few second video streaming place. For his reviews at some point soon in the near future. Look out yeah. for that. Eventually. When it rolls out, but it hasn't rolled out yet. Yes, yes. So next spring, look out, folks. All right. Um, so to oh well, well let me get to the other the spiel first before I get to the what we're gonna start off with. And that is Tim Dog ninety eight. That's Tim D O G D nine eight. Who is not with us tonight, but uh, is always with us in spirit. You can find him at Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. The Click Nation. That's the K L I Q N A T I O N on Twitter and C B Cron Twitter. Uh, Nation.com. and of course, comic book resources where you can go find all his, his writings. And you can find this podcast on Google Play, uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify now, 
um, which That's I guess right. one I had a link in the in this thing, but apparently it, it, it disappeared. But anyway, it doesn't matter because it's not on the video. And also it's, uh, the Coastal of the Podcast SoundCloud link. Uh, you can also find us on the network cspn.us. That's the Coastal of the Podcast network. You can go check it out at that site I just previously mentioned, cspn.us. Do it today. Exactly. Along with a bunch of other fine programmings. Uh, you can also go to shop.cspn.us and get some merch from this fine program and others on the network. And so with that out of the way, folks, it is with Heavy Heart. And if you haven't been checking out the, the news or been on social media um, lately, that we have um, finally lost a legend, folks. Um, well, another legend, I'd say, because we have lost many uh, a legend in the last few years, much less this year. Uh, yes, folks, one Stan Lee has died, and I can't remember his actual his actual name, but... Uh, Stanley Lee Lieber. Thank you. Yeah. I knew one of y'all would catch me on that one. I mean, I mean, technically, Stan Lee was his real name. Well, yes, right but that was not his given name, so... Right. But nevertheless, he he uh, has passed on a few days prior to this recording. Uh, at the ripe old age of ninety nine, he was still pretty 95. much five. Yes, kicking to the to, to the best of his ability. Anyway, I know he had some significant eyesight loss and, and whatever uh, other you know all of the other stuff that we have been talking about on the Stanley Watch. So his his later years have been pretty much as interesting as his earlier early years to say the least yeah his health has been compromised for a while now and obviously you know with the passing of his late wife uh joan uh last year mm-hmm. it's almost a year it's almost a year uh, ends up happening. right and um you know that's obviously that was obviously a huge blow to him um I wanted to just you know do do uh, you know cover a couple of talking points before we moved on to the rest of the show. Um, we discussed off the air just before uh, this um, whether or not either any of us had had a chance to meet Stanley, and it seems like I'm the only one that had a chance to meet him. And unfortunately, it was very recent, and uh, it was after um, the monetization of uh, Stan's appearances really got into high gear. Um, I, you know, it was at the point and it was at the point where he was a little bit more frail. So you really couldn't touch him. Like I would have loved to give this dude a huge bear hug. And I'm sure a lot of people would have, but you know, he's 95. It's kind of tough to, you know, to, 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 you know, put a bear hug on someone like that. So, um, it's probably for, it's all, it was probably all for the best, but, uh, you know, he was in, you know, he was in frailer health, but he still had a lot of energy. You saw, some of the energy that he displayed in the cameos that he was filming for the various Marvel movies uh, when I saw him last in 2016. But, um, you know, it unfortunately did seem like uh, the signing that I was at was much more of a factory assembly line than anything else, and that was the saddest thing I remember. But I can tell you that what I, so what I did my, for myself was to try to jazz it up a little because I felt it was sad you know that it had come to this like this dude was you know at the time 93 you know or maybe on his way to 94 and uh it was 
um, you know, something that I, I kind of took upon myself when I got up to him. I'm like, oh, this sucks. I got to talk to him. Like the people in front of me didn't say anything to him. They just passed the books. They might have said like a quiet thank you. But, you know, I, 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 you know, I said a few things to him and I got him to smile at me because he looked up. He was like, you know, someone actually said something. I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm going to go into what I, you know, what I did and what I talked about um, in a, in a Instagram post that I'm going to be, I'm still drafting, you know, putting some thought into it. Um, you know, I didn't want to be, you know, just shoot off the cuff right away. It's, this, this does take a little bit of time. So, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do more on that. So take, be on the lookout for that. Indeed. Indeed. And well, I mean, we do have, uh, some, some other news, uh, uh about, you know, the, the well wishes or not the well wishes, but the, the, you know, the condolences on his passion and anything else. Uh, do you have any, you know, yeah, do you have anything special? Yeah, that? I mean, it's, he's just someone who's kind of been ubiquitous with the idea of comics for so long that it's odd to have him gone. He's, uh, he was the, you know, if if you will, the diplomat for right. nerddom for the rest of the world. So whenever anybody thought about, you know, comics or the big blockbuster superhero movies or whatever, it's like Stanley was always interwoven into that in one way or another. And in fact, you know, some of my earliest memories, of course, are watching the Saturday morning cartoons. Yes. And he did a lot of the intro voiceovers and stuff. Um, for Spider-Man, his amazing friends. And, right. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's like his his personality was always interwoven into everything. And he, I, I didn't know the guy personally, obviously. You know, it's not like we hung out on weekends. I never, you know, uh, traveled with him to the Hamptons for the holidays or anything like that. But you still, you, you miss him. Like, you know. But you also felt like you knew him. Or at least the character of Stanley. Well, and, and it's it's you do feel that there's, there's a sadness that he's not going to be there anymore. But part of it's also because, you know, comics were his life. He enjoyed them so much. He had an infectious um, um, quality uh, of getting other people excited mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, enamored with them. Um, you know, he could go to some, he, he would be at some you know red carpet event and you could see him, talking to some other celebrity or, or somebody who you know probably really didn't care, but they saw this old guy who was really energetic and was fun to talk to and was really excited about talking about all this stuff. And he got other people interested. And so losing someone like that, like you feel a sadness because he was such a nice, friendly guy and he was always, you know, open and willing to talk, but you know, you, you realize that you're really losing somebody for the whole world of comics just just the idea of someone being out there on a personal level you know uh, evangelizing um for the idea of printed you know comic pages and that person is gone and i don't really know that there's someone dan didio is just not the guy who's going to pick up that you know title and run with it so right. you, you just know that there's going to be a void yeah a void and just kind of a loss of this this energy that would always kind of follow him around. It's just, you know, there, there's no one there to, 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 to grab that, that ring and run with it. Yeah. I was going to mention that fact. It was like, we, we can basically say that we are pretty much at the end of an era, you know, with his passing, like there, like you just said, there's not that many people, you know, who were like him, who were out there evangelizing. And then there's really no one like it. So it's, we have, you know, truly come to a, a changing of the times. Yeah, you know, with the passing. 
did you guys grow up reading any of like old any old reprints of like stuff that Lee actually wrote? Oh, I had all of those um the digest sized well no no not the digest oh. but there was um a Marvel was it Marvel Premiere or something that reprinted all the old stuff. Okay. Uh I don't think Premiere. I'm trying to remember what it was called, but there was some series that came out in the 70s that reprinted all of his early stuff. And uh, a lot of them were, were like the thicker, um, you know, they were regular comic size, but they were, sure. probably, um, you know, 60, 80 pages or, you know, something like that, that reprinted a lot of that old stuff. So that's how I became familiar because I was more of a Superman, Batman, Justice League kid growing up. But someone somewhere in my extended family had bought a bunch of these or whatever. And then at some point they were handed down to us. So we had them, you know, like in a dresser in the toy room, you know, you'd pull up the drawer. There was a whole bunch of classics illustrated and there was a whole bunch of these old Marvel reprints. And so that like, it, I remember being at a certain point, you know, uh, I, I can't tell you exactly how old I was, but at some point I realized, Oh wait, the guy from the Spider-Man cartoon who's always like doing the introductions. Like this is the same guy mm. who wrote the book. Like, you know, at some point I made that connection, like, Hey, that's the same guy, you know? And then sure enough, that same guy would appear just again and again and again over sure. the years. Mm. You know, every time something would come up with comics, like what right. he was, you know? Right. I mean, my exposure to his writing, his actual, you know, creative writing was, um, through those digests that you could get at like, the book fair at school hmm. right you know you might see them in the library but they were like little pocket-sized digests and they reprinted certain comics and i distinctly had a run of fantastic four issues they weren't like the early early stuff but they actually the, the ones that i distinctly remember i forget what issue numbers they are in real life but they involved the creation of adam warlock and there was some, you know, phenomenal stuff in there. And, uh, you know, Stan Lee was dropping SAT words in the middle of his comics. And, you know, like I said, this is going to be part of the post that I'm, that I'm still drafting. But, I, you know, I distinctly remember reading his work in old reprints. And I was just like, wow, there's an Asian brother writing these comics. Because <laughs> his name is Lee. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like dumbstruck to see you know, like the modern no like just just real quick in the modern comics that i ended up picking up stan would still have his soapbox right in like the 80s mm-hmm. but they would have little caricatures of it and i'm like that's what stan lee sort of looks like <laughs> like the moment the moment you said that a story um related just kind of popped into my head but um when i was working at uh, metropolis comics in the mid 90s they did the uh Deathmate event, which was the Valiant Image crossover thing. Sure. And we had a bunch of guys came to our store, Rob Liefeld, uh, Jim Lee, Eric Larson, and then whoever the Valiant guys were, who obviously um, haven't retained the same amount of notoriety. But Jim Lee, I had, I just had a copy of Death Blow 1 that I wanted Jim Lee to sign. Nice. But I worked there. So I couldn't get in line, you know, because I, I was working and I was shuffling the people through and I was making sure nobody was stealing stuff and whatever. So finally they got done. The line left and Jim Lee got up to go use the bathroom and I was trying to get his attention. I was like, Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee. And he wasn't responding. And someone shouts out, Jim. 
and mm-hmm. turns around like what and i was like i just i was hoping you could sign this for me real quick and he's like were you shouting mr lee and he goes the only mr lee's are standing my dad <laughs> and, and i just like i still remember that to this day it's like that, the only mr. Lee's standing my dad that's a good one Oh, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's going to be part of my Instagram post, but yeah, like I, I got to tell you guys, you know, reading those reprints and say presented by Stanley, I was like, wow. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, uh, if anyone, you know, has anything else to add, you know, like I said, I'm going to have something to say, you know, on some personal points, uh, you know, in, in, in writing further down the road. Yeah. Well, the only thing, other thing I've had to say is like, don't. Yeah, like you, you guys pretty much covered it. Like, though, I kind of came from it from slightly different angle because uh, I read like you know Avengers and Fantastic Four back in the day. And like, yes, yeah, I, I kind of started out with you know with, uh, I think seventies Batman and Just Sleep because of my, you know because of people in my family having them DNG or Joe and stuff like that. But you know when sure. I start, really started, it was like Avengers, Fantastic Four, that kind of, kind of stuff, and then the comics came. I mean, and then the cartoons came, and I heard, I was like, wait a minute, that's like, I've seen that name before, or that name was talking about, and then it's like, oh, Stanley, Stan, you know, so that's when put it together that way. You know, Listen, I equated Stanley with Bruce Lee, so I was just like, yo, this is awesome! <laughs> so, yeah, so hearing him on the, the cartoon, that I was like, wait, man, this dude's behind the cartoons, and he's doing, you know, I mean, behind the comics, and he's doing the cart, you know, the cartoons, saying that's pretty awesome, right. and then, of course, everything after that was just like, one thing after the other, um, but yeah, like I said, he will—he is a president that will be missed, and uh, like I said, we will have more news about that later on in the show. Um, but uh, at this point, let's get into the show proper, shall we? I was, I was just gonna say, just pour, pour some out for Stan. Yes, indeed, indeed. Excelsior. Um, the comics I was thinking of was uh, Marvel's Collector's Item Classics. Nice. Hmm. Okay. And they were uh, just a series of reprints, um, mid to late '60s, that marked the first reprinting of many of the earliest Marvel stories. Nice, Classic Four, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and the Hulk. Nice, cool. All right. So anyway, that's what it was. I, just, I had to find it, or I was going to go nuts. Of um, course. I kind of wish, and I was looking for this because I wanted to put put some of this on, uh, but I was looking through YouTube to see if there was any of the voiceovers from the old cartoons. Um, on there, and I couldn't. Sadly, with the with the couple of looks I did, I couldn't find any because, you know, probably get taken down pretty quick. Yeah, there is that too. Yeah, but yeah, there weren't really ones like you see the intros of shows, just not his uh, the intro to the episode or whatnot. But although I think there is still probably an episode or two of Spider Man and Amazing Friends up there, but I'm not sure if it had his voiceover. Either way, um, it is what it is. He he, is, he will be missed. So let us get into the books of the week and uh we are going from one side of the aisle to the other the distinguished competition uh but it's kind of sort of related not really but with um mr miracle number 12 and um we've had uh we're, we've all come down it's come down to this folks it is the last issue and um well dirt you want to tell them um, how did it ended up for you <laughs> uh i wouldn't try not to spoil it the way cbr did yes right so um i i, I will try to remain somewhat vague but um 
so the whole series opened with this idea that Mr. Miracle is an escape artist and he tried to make the boldest, grandest escape that he possibly could. And he may or may not have got in over his head in the whole situation. And the series seemed to be following the fallout of that um, event. Right. And th- there's been a, a lot of swaying back and forth in the story of trying to figure out is what is real and what is going on in his mind and, and how much of what we're seeing is really happening and how much is kind of like, if you've ever seen the movie Jacob's ladder, there's a lot of stuff that goes on and you have kind of a hard time figuring out like what's reality and what's just a dream in his head. And then you get that twist shock ending mm-hmm. and, and it turns this out you might've been right all along. Yeah. Number 12 gives you that twist shock ending. Um, and to me, it kind of deflates the whole thing because what the, what the, what the series seemed to be was somewhat of a coming of age, um, in a way where you've got this guy who never took anything too seriously and then finally pushed himself to the limit and did something very serious. And now it may have been too much for him to handle. And instead, um, without spoiling right <laughs> um instead it it the entire story instead it's not a coming of age it's more of a um it might be a fake out uh, mm, he he's uh man like again i'm trying not to spoil so it's real hard to figure out what i what i actually want to say without ruining it for anybody who either hasn't read it or maybe has been on the fence about reading it and they're thinking about getting into it i i don't like the ending but i don't necessarily want to ruin it for someone right. who's going in for the experience because the problem is the the story has been well told it's been well crafted um i love the artwork um i love the way that that the story has been playing with the idea of certain things that may or may not be happening and and things that might be flashbacks or future flashes or, you know, all in his mind or whatever. And the way it's, it's juggled a lot of that stuff that I've, I've really enjoyed it. But then once we get now to the end the twist kind of just kills it for me. Mm. And, and the, the story we thought we were getting all along is not the story that we really got um, because of the way the twist uh, is thrown out there. So, once I get to the end and I look back, I don't like it as much as I liked it as I was going through it. Um, I mean, I'm still glad I read it. You know, like I said, it was well-crafted and well-told, but it's just, it, it kind of deflates the character. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it takes, I think it takes something away from the character uh, instead of adding, you know, some new corner to the mythos. It actually, um, it, it takes away some of the fun. And so I, I don't, I just don't like the twist. If, if I'd read up to like maybe 11 and stopped <laughs> um, or, or maybe read, you could, you could easily take this issue and just rewrite the dialogue of two or three of the characters um, that, that appear kind of in his mind that talk to him. If you change that dialogue, you could change the entire story. It would change the entire twist. And I think the story would have been, um, a much better take on the character 
then instead he's he's just become another one of those modern day I don't want to say anti-heroes, but one of those heroes that just no longer has that heroic life, um, you know, as part of his mythos. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, trying, I'm tr- like, you know, yeah. trying to spoil anything. No, I absolutely really appreciate that. Yeah. No, I do. Because I, I, I definitely would have struggled recapping and kind of, you know, dancing around the edges. And I, you know, I would ring the spoiler bell anyway, uh, because some just of what we're talking about spoilery but you know as Doug was saying as PC and underscore dirt was saying um, it's been a good ride and getting to this issue was fun and intriguing and we wanted to see what exactly was going on and to have it have whatever resolution we might have come to in the final issue of the series kind of I you know I use fake out, but it's you know it's the swerve. Everyone's looking for it, and you know we're still not a hundred percent sure what's going on. And you know they leave it vague that way so that um, you know whoever picks up the character next can do whatever they feel they can do. You know with this character. So I, I, I you know, see. I think the only thing that's vague is really his motivation. But as far as what has happened to him and what the fallout from the event was, I think this makes it clear mm. this issue that uh, that kind of the, the worst outcome possible is, mm-hmm. is the outcome, and this is his way of kind of coping with it. But they, they do they do leave it. I mean, they do leave it like like the last line does leave it where another writer can come in, right? Pick up from that point and and. And do some new god stuff. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of reset it in a way. Because there's there's a new god. There's an element of the new gods mythos that you know. After reading you know certain pieces online that that we were referring to earlier, kind of helped me fill in some of my knowledge gaps and what I didn't necessarily pick up on in the story. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, there's new godsy things that they can do to just immediately pick up where the story leaves off and, you know, pick up the ball and run with it. Right. Kind of like uh, the Thor Ragnarok stuff in the middle of Avengers disassembled. Right. A decade back where it's like they destroyed everything and they burned the tapestry and, but those spiders forever knitting just start a new tapestry and history kind of reset. So it is possible that they can do something kind of similar along those lines. Sure. So, uh, Rod, do you have anything on this? Um, so, we're, we're sorry to to kind of you know. No, no. Talk you, I mean, you, no, 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 no. Like you guys have read more of it than I have. I was kind of skimming it before, before you know, before we started as we were talking. Uh, the only thing I will say is that I will definitely have to reread this again fully. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's, there's, there's a part of me that's like you know the the journey. It's probably it should be it's just a part of as good a part of this than whatever the ending may be, and that should not be you know discounted. And I'm not saying that neither one of you did that, right? But you know it, it, it yeah, this the the ending may be a letdown for for what it is, but like the story still ends up being good. It's just like sometimes they don't, as we've said in the past, don't always stick the landing as as nicely as you would want to, and that that's kind of a that may may not be a thing 
here but um yeah i don't know like I, said, I just need to go back and reread it again because it was like it one part of me is like okay yeah I, I shouldn't be surprised that it ended up like this because like we kind of got the hints way early on that mm -hmm. this was the case but we still but there was still enough there to be like okay it, it might not be this but and then as the story went along you know you kind of start stop thinking it's like well this could be something else we don't know and you know it, it could be up in the air but it's and this was still kind of lingering back there but you know, it it seemed like they kind of gave it to us plain at the at the start, in a way, but just kind of kind of um, put the veil up until okay. now. So, but yeah, so that's it. Like I said, I'll have to go back and read it, and I may change my mind about to say like this. They fucked up. It sucks. Throw it out the window. But now nah, I don't know if I do that. Can we talk about a fun book this week? We got bunches of fun books because apparently most of we have read some stuff. So what you got? Avengers number ten. That was absolutely a fun book this week. You are absolutely right. I was like, dirt. You know, you, you actually, you know, it's actually worth picking this up because it picks up on a lot of the things that were in Marvel Legacy. Yeah, and I because I, I I mean I I stopped when I stopped. I haven't I haven't read anything since. You can and pick I'll, this up. And I'll put it this you way. Can, and and I think you may have been missing some a lot of like they there was some action, but this this kind of goes a place or two. And there's a lot of action, uh, a, a lot of big action in this place. Goes with Marvel Legacy. What was Legacy? It was the the one shot that's basically kind of. Um, the Avengers of One Million BC. Yeah, they kind of that that thing came out. I think it was wasn't yeah, that the um, Free Comic Book Day book? I, I didn't like that. So what? <laughs> well, no, no, no. But but see, some of the payoff actually works. Right. So this is so so to, to get into a little bit. So this is still dealing with the stuff with Namor, but this also brings into a way bigger picture because there are some other groups that become involved in this issue, including. Mm -hmm. um, other countries and other super teams right. and actually we are starting to see that the, the u.s itself is um is going to have a, a stake in the race going forward so this is like kind of going off of that but yeah i'm gonna ring the bell yeah go ahead I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well i don't i don't know i don't want to really spoil it for for dirt if he wants to actually if he's going to read it well, Okay, wait. Have, have they done anything to address the fact now that Namor looks like no one of the background guys from Twilight? No. Okay. They Although not. they do make jokes about it, they so, do that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So 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 check it. So first things first. I pop. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> David Marquez's art is such a tease in this because it's so crisp, it's so good, and then you hit McGinnis's art. It's like ah, but. That is the break in the story where we get to the confrontations. Everything that Marquez writes uh, draws is set up, and but the setup looks so good. But then when we get to the confrontations, they're not underwater; they're in like that 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 underwater bubble sphere. Yeah, except for they so. still did that underwater talking thing at, at one part with uh, with a couple of the characters, and it still kind of put me off on that. But yeah, that was a side note. So I saw your notes. I was like, I, and then I went back. I was like, no, they're not underwater completely. No, no, no. Yeah, but I was talking about that one particular part. So I got you. But so yeah, so there's a there's a big fight between between Namor's people, the Avengers people, and then 
spoiler alert, um, the Soviet super soldier for folks, uh, the dark, uh, what they call them? The, I forgot what they call them. Dark guard no. or whatever. No, they're not the October guard. That's not the October guard. Yeah. The winter guard. <laughs> the winter guard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so, so all of the, so Ursa major, Vanguard, dark star, all of those folks, you know, uh, crimson dynamo, they, they come in. They come into the fold because they want a piece of name over themselves because of being in their water and there's a big fight within, you know, they basically come and help out the Avengers in, in, intentionally, unintentionally. And does uh, huh, interesting. Yeah. All right. And we got something from Tim that was come later, uh, which it's, it's the timing fine. of is interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so there is that. And then on the outside of that, as, as that starts to get re- uh, resolved, you see some stuff in the background, uh, from you know, from Russia and from U.S. because you see, uh, there's a there's a uh, conversation between Thunderbolt Ross and Steve, and Steve had a line which kind of tripped me out because he was like, um, it's like basically it was like, uh, uh, you try to because it was basically Thunderbolt Ross was worried about being able to trust the the, the Avengers now that they moved to uh, or supposedly working for Wakanda, but they moved, uh, you know, into the, 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 the Russia and all that kind of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was about to say they're on neutral ground, basically. Right. So, and, and, and Steve was like, no, we work for, we work for the Earth. We don't work for the U.S. And then Thunderbolt Ross was like, you know, we got issues trusting you, basically. And Steve was like, uh, well, if you worried about the Hulk or whatever the kept in me, wait till you see what I, what I turn into if you come after the, the, the Avengers. And I thought about it, like, man, Wolf? Nomad? Uh- Oh no! So when he said that, uh, that's what kind of made me think about that. And then there was a line uh, a couple of day, a couple of panels later where Thunderbolt Ross was like, uh, "Send in an agent, send in the agent," and made me think of that asshole. And I was like, "No, please don't bring a U.S. agent back into this." Please, 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 please don't. That, that would make me buy the book. I would buy the book. If John yeah, Walker was in there, <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. But uh, but it, but it was not. But it was not U.S. agent. In fact, it was another agent uh, from a former um, a, a former former um, division company uh, spies. You, come on, don't make me spell it out. That comes into the to to the picture. With another group of superheroes that has been selectively picked by him. Well, yeah. heroes is a strong yeah. word for these people, given right. the last few years. Listen, the twist at the end made me like it was it was it was so well done. Yeah, and so then well. and then and then after that we get this uh, one thing. Like you said, it's a two step. Yeah, it's 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 a few things going on in this book because after that after that whole thing. We get uh, a little short story with um, Robert Ray as Ghost Rider and Odin, which is is kind of amusing right. in itself. Right, which is definitely you know like the the, the what you call it the short stories at the end of the issue. Right, which which uh, go, which goes back into that one B, one million BC stuff. Exactly, exactly. Uh, there's also a tease that in the last one of yes. uh, a new member of the group. Next yeah, it was about who the next rotating member might be. Yes, and uh, it is a former Mighty Avengers who technically wasn't, I guess, an official a member of Avengers team. But when the person who found him, that being one Janet Van Dyne, aka Wasp, uh, agent of Wakanda, as she said herself, which that was a weird thing to see. I'm like, huh, okay, is, is that something new they're trying to throw out there? Because that was really 
that they'll was... give her an affiliation, right? You know, so that well, she's yeah, active. I guess, but I don't know. So well, we well, just bear in mind that the character is making in making appearances in the Iron Man books too. So well, yeah, you may be missing on some. You may be missing something there. Yeah, well, uh, there's that, and she's also in the Unstoppable Wasp, but that's she's that she has another role there. So. But uh, but yeah, I I loved I loved the reveal page at the end of the prime the main story um, because it's it's so out there and you know McGinnis's art for all the knocks I give it the 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 the, uh, the the gist of what he's getting at in this page is so on point you know the the visual cues that are there. Are so on point that you know what I mean with the lettering, with the you know with the with the proclamation on the page made me kind of like I kind of giggled. I was just it like, was, that was pretty clean, yeah. It, it was you definitely know? pretty clean. So, um. Oh, and they did also bring up the thing about uh, Thor and She Hulk, uh, Hulk, Thor and Hulk being a thing, and apparently, which I thought that was kind of funny and cute because like um, Thor and Captain Marvel were, were underwater talking, and they were talking and. That whole conversation was was pretty uh, funny, which they're going to apparently go into next issue, mm-hmm. as to uh, something happening with that. So, but but just to address again, just to address what 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 PC and underscore dirt asked was, they sort of you know they continue to poke fun at uh, Namor's new look, yeah. and it's a it's a it's a dated reference, but we'll get it because we are of a certain vintage. Yes. So I would say I would say this one would probably, and also we should point out it is the seven hundredth issue, which is why also why it was as as uh as big as it was. Yeah, based on the legacy numbering, right. So I would say this is also still worth a a pickup. I'm not gonna say whether it's my click of the week or not, but I'm just saying you know. Yeah, it's this, a potential one for me. Yeah, but it's it's, it's definitely it's definitely worth a a, a look see. I would say. All right. So, who wants to throw something out? Uh, Dirt? Um, yeah, I can throw out. Uh, well, let's see here. How about Flash 58? How about it? So, one of the things that's been going on with Flash for a long time was that he was dealing with Flash from the future and evil Flash from uh, an alternate timeline and an evil Flash from the past and a Flash from some other universe and there was all this like weird stuff going on. And uh, they made this like convention of flashes. I forget what it's called, but it's basically all the flashes from the um, uh, 52 universes of the DC new 52 all coming together to have these meetings, um, which includes even the one from the uh, universe of Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew. Um, Hmm. So there were a lot of, References. There's a lot of you know these things that have been thrown in there for longtime readers and people who can pick up on these little characters appearing in the background and whatnot. And it it got really overloaded and convoluted. And characters who they would say something and you wouldn't understand what they were referencing. And then like three issues later, something would happen and you realize that they were someone who was from the future who had come to the past, you know, this time travel stuff. They, they had done a lot of work setting all this stuff up. It was really cool. But at the same time, you had to read every single issue. So they've broken out of that now. And Joshua Williamson, who's writing this, he's, he's decided to take flash on what he calls a force quest. And he's 
left Central City and he's traveling around the world and he's basically kind of relearning his powers and relearning how his powers connect to the rest of the universe. One of the things he's learned is that the speed force is only one of many different forces. There's um, the there's, force, no. <laughs> an X-Force. Um, no, there's a, oh. a strength force. There's um, Sage uh, force. a still force. Yeah. yeah, still force and sage force. Sage force. Was one of them, of, yeah. Um, so anyway, he's he's you know throwing them in something new, taking them out of Central City, and, and doing something different with them. So it's cool to finally see, you know, that that stuff is kind of broken up. That chapter is over. He's moving into a new chapter. You feel like there's something new going on. There's a chance to explore new aspects of the powers and. Uh, rebuild the relationship with Iris, and here's a here's a non-spoiler spoiler because she actually figured this out a long time ago, uh, but she now remembers the timeline from before Flashpoint when she and Barry Allen were married, mm. but Barry Allen doesn't. So it's this interesting little you know quirk in their relationship here, and so they're doing something new and different with it that's interesting, but at the same time it still references so much of the other stuff that's happened and it still builds on so much of the other stuff that it's still not good for new readers. Mm -hmm. If you're someone that's thinking like, Oh, I like the flash TV show. Maybe I'll check out the comic. You still have to go back two years, you know, in order to really uh, catch the storyline, because even though it's a new chapter, you cannot just jump right into this unless you've got, you know, a Wikipedia handy to to pick up on a lot of these references because a lot of it just won't make sense with the stuff that's going on so it's fun to see it do something new and different and interesting and it's a you know again it's a good payoff for longtime readers um but it is just not for new readers at all hmm. i was gonna ask um council of flashes aside um do they talk about um wally Did- uh, I know that's something they're going to do in the annual, but they, they, I think they mentioned in the last issue or the issue before, like he went to sanctuary and they mm. just kind of mentioned that he's there, but, okay. but I don't think they've specifically referenced no that the fact that he's okay. Away. So they must, they're then they're going to actually say that for the annual thing because what I understand they're supposed to be handling that soon because I know other books have been handling that whole that cures and crisis stuff pretty in line, yeah. so. I'm kind of curious about that. Okay, cool. Um, Agent 70, got something? Uh, Stuff that I want to talk about. Uh, I, mean, I can do something unless you want to save it. But Well, I'll just touch on kind of the other big Marvel book that dropped this week um, in terms of mm. uh, page count, at least, <laughs> was Uncanny X-Men number one. Um, it was okay. Uh, I like the premise. Uh, I didn't think that the uh, the extra the extra pages really lent too much, but it's also part of the setup to the the, the weekly storyline that's coming up. Uh, essentially, uh, this is uh, the softest of relaunches because it is assembling the characters that have been uh, at the focus of the X Men Red books and part of the X Men Gold books. Um, there's a big uh, cliffhanger page at the end of this, which was really well done. I give uh, Marvel credit for both doing that in this issue and in uh, what's that? The uh, 
I didn't. I didn't get get a chance. To pick we'll get that to up. that. Yeah, cause that's the, that's the thing. That's the extra thing that they, that came along with. Well, that they were, the bet shots were given out. But okay. So I didn't have a chance to pick up the the extra thing, but I I can just say that you know in terms of the story, we're not completely going into new territory with the X Men, but it is familiar territory that has some good twists, especially concerning a character who just had a recently ended. Uh, miniseries that PCN underscore Dirt liked. So that character is involved, but what that character's uh, involvement uh, entails is still up in the air. It's it's set up though as a mystery. And but like I said, I uh, I, I appreciate the fact that as a number one issue, um, this book really does make you want to pick up the second issue. Mm. Because of the great cliffhanger page. So it's worth noting this is an $8 book, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. It's um, a bit of a... Yeah, and I've kind of flipped through it while I was at the, while I was at the shop. Because I was like, I wasn't sure if I, the, it was worth me getting. Because me and X-Men was like, eh. And I didn't... And I, and I did read the word that character you're speaking of from the other book comes into play or early on in the book and I'm like oh okay so let me go back and fin- uh, <laughs> finish reading that miniseries then and, and see if that actually is a direct tie or not um but yeah I don't know it's now, it does it seem like it sets up a whole bunch of other stuff outside of what's going on because I know they have a couple of events going on and now even on the back of this like they're they're talking about another and I'm holding up for the video for uh, person there's a it's, it's called the secrets of uncanny x-men that shots were given away free. And I know mm-hmm. there's disassembled that is coming up for the X-Men. And there's also this age of X-Men thing. That right. Is coming back, up next year. Yeah. They're bringing back uh, Nate gray. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said, without getting too much into it, it is a number one issue. It does create a good enough draw to come back for a number two. Hmm. Oh shit. You know what? We forgot about something. Speaking of X-Men, we forgot about something in X-Men. I mean, in Avengers number 10. Because there's an X Men that shows up there, in, in the middle of of, of in, uh, right after the um, right after the main story, and as a set and as a popular, at this point personally well worn character, that that shows up. Oh yeah, I didn't want to get into that part. Yeah, which that's super duper spoilery. Well, sure, yeah, and it but it also kind of plays back to some of the stuff that's been going on in the book and a person that's been kind of sort of behind the, the Avengers dealing. But nevertheless, and we don't we don't know what and this also says a, bu- a bunch of other stuff that apparently is coming up uh throughout the year for that stuff. But yeah. Anyway, back to X Men. Unless we're done with that. Now we're done. Okay. Um let us was that? No, it was just a cough guy. Oh, okay. Uh let's us go to did you read Miss Marvel? No I didn't. Well I won't spoil it and there's there's it I think you'll enjoy it, but it's, it seems to be, as sometimes this book does, a one-off, but sometimes, as this book also does, the, these one-offs even can, tend to lead to something else, mm-hmm. So somewhere down the line. So, although I will say was that we take a trip back into um, Kamala's past, let's say. Um, and uh, it's it's... It's it's a pretty good issue, I, I would say. You know, as, as these things tend to do, but um, you got the you got a sense of um, you got the sense that something's something's going to come up about it. Since especially with what 
happened kind of sort of with what happened or what we found out in the last couple of issues with her powers but okay. but this one has not less to do with her powers than than her actual history uh without going too far into it so i i would say it's it's uh definitely worth a read especially if you're already a fan of uh the book miss marvel all right um don't think i have any other books in common with dirt so if you want to throw out a book before we go to rapid fire dirt feel free yeah actually let me talk about gideon falls number eight real quick here um so gideon falls it's it's kind of being done in seasons almost like a tv series where the first six issues were one chunk of the story and then it takes a couple months off and then it starts with seven and now eight as kind of like the next part the next season um of the story and one of the things we found the story has been revolving around two different characters in two different places. You had a priest in a small town where there's this legend of the black barn. And when it appears, people die. And there's been this guy in this big city and everybody thinks he's crazy and he's digging through the garbage and he's finding little pieces of wood. And he believes those little pieces of wood are part of this black barn that he has these visions of. And if he finds all the pieces, he can rebuild it and he can solve this mystery of why he's being haunted by it. And at the end of season one, at the end of issue six, we found out that the guy in the big city is in the big city of Gideon Falls, which happens to be the name of the small town that the priest has been in. So somehow this guy in this big city has the same name as as the city of the small town. So somehow they're connected. And you don't know, is this you know, just like I live in Springfield, Illinois. Well, there's a Springfield, Missouri and a Springfield, Maryland and a Springfield, you know, is it just like Gideon Falls? Are they all over the place? Is this one in the past and one in the future? Because, you know, the, the world that he's in, in this big city, it could be in the future kind of, you don't really see anything technology you jump out or anything, but you never really know. Could they be in different universes? Um, you know, you don't know, is the guy just crazy and it's in all in his mind? You don't know. So there's some sort of greater mystery going on. And in this issue, we find a way that these two universes link up that I'm not going to spoil, but it, it just like blows your mind. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But of course you trust that the story is going to eventually make it make sense but there's a connection going on between these two characters in these two different places um that it it again it, it just doesn't make it any sense it doesn't work but when you're dealing with supernatural and fantastic things you know it, it'll it'll have a way of going but the book the way the story is crafted and being told it's again it's so well put together it you can really tell that when Jeff Lemire, you know, sat down to actually plot out this book, he probably plotted out this overview that could end up being probably, you know, 50 issues or a hundred issues and then went back and started breaking it down. So you never feel like he's just putting out an issue because you have to meet a deadline and another issue has to go out. You, you don't get any of these issues that are move the characters from point A to point B so we can set them up for next time, uh, which is what Venom felt like this week. Um, you know, everything is just so well crafted and so well put together. And, it, and it's once you 
kind of realize the implications of what's being said and what's going on with these characters. It's like, it's like you hit that moment in Netflix at like three in the morning where you're like, I have to go to bed, but I have to watch the next episode of the show just to figure out what the hell is going on. But the problem is I have to wait a month for the next issue. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. It may not even answer the question in the next issue. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just so good. It's, it, cool. it, it really, you get to the end of the issue and you're just like dying for that next issue to come out. So well done. I was about to say Sorrentino's art doesn't bother you. I love it. I love his art. It also works in in a series like this, which is very right. dark and horrific. Uh, you know, murders, demons, um, you know, Catholic curses, a guy going crazy. Um, so that really works on a lot of this stuff. Right. It's not necessarily the, uh, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily think Sorrentino's strong point is superhero action. Right, no, Mike Mignola, in the same way, you yeah. know, he he got he got his foot in the door doing Cosmic Odyssey and some filling issues on Superman and whatever. Um, but you could really tell that as great an artist as he was, he really wasn't meant to do capes and superheroes and that kind of stuff. Once he found Hellboy, mm-hmm. then you know he found his niche, and that's where it is. I think Sorrentino is one of those artists where, you know, he did Old Man Logan, and it. It, it worked kind of in that book because you're dealing with this old grizzled guy. But right. if he, you know, he pops up every so often in one of these weird fill-in things. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, he, he did some Secret Wars miniseries. He did. I would say there's some crossover. Um, was it was it the Pleasant Hill or whatever? <laughs> I always get that one wrong. You know that. Um it's but not when, when, when he shows up and he's drawing, he's drawing, you know, Captain America and Iron Man having a conversation. That's not the right artwork, right? You know, for him to be doing. So, yeah, in a book like this, it, it fits perfect. Cool. All righty. Um, um, yeah, I'll throw one out here real quick, and then we can go to uh, rapid fire. And that would be Daughters of the Dragon number one. So, if you did not know, this is one of those. Um, um, comicsology digital first books that Marvel is putting out, uh, along with you know uh, um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Prior to it, that those are still going on. Those don't really show up on. So they they're basically doing the thing where uh, it is roughly two issues. They call it two chapters uh, in a in an issue, and then they do like three of those. I think they they also did one for Jessica Jones also. So it's all of those characters they've been doing this is. Um, I want to like this, uh, and I and I end up actually I take it back when the second when you see the second chapter it starts to hit. But the problem I have with it is that so this is Daughters of the Dragon is Missy Knight and Colleen Wing, uh, if you did not already know, and um, you know Misty's work for the FBI. Colleen's out doing her doing her her thing, uh, but she runs into which weirdly enough now that I think about it kind of. I don't want to say mirrors the Netflix show a little bit and uh, the Iron Fist Netflix shows what she because she ends up meeting some teens that uh, are 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 um, hitchhiking to some, this one place where apparently uh, people are going because you know to seek either enlightenment or something. So she comes real across it and she tells Misty about this and they didn't they and they're kind of working the case as it were. But Colleen goes and checks the place out after, after she um, after she finds these teens, 
and gets into some trouble. Misty Bells are out, and then they go back and get in some some more some more stuff. The the thing I that part is okay, and because there's a good bit of action in between all of this, and there's some real trippy art in in a couple of cases because Colleen uh, gets drugged, and that part was amusingly fun. But the the thing I was not liking about it was like the tone of the characters, most specifically Colleen, because Colleen is, if you don't know her, her character, is more stoic of the two, and Misty is the more kind of, you know, not braggadocious, but she's more out there as far as, you know, how she talks and whatnot, and we see a Colleen that's kind of talking kind of hip, and a lot more than she has in, you know, historically, and it's just weird, because you could tell this book is either, I don't know how old the dude is that, that that's writing this book is, but you can tell he's might be kind of young or something. I don't know. Um, so slightly a Teen Titan vibe on that part, but I'm not sure. Um, but outside of that, like I said, the story itself so far seems to be pretty decent. Um, actually, actually, like I said, once it got into the second chapter, I enjoyed where it was going, but it was just seeing Colleen, the way she was being written and the way she was talking, I was like, that's not usually how she talks. What is going on here? It looks like just like she's like I'm, I you know I can dig it. I'm hip in in a couple of other things that she doesn't normally talk about. And I was like, that's uncharacteristic. What are you doing? So <laughs> that aside, you know the the it's probably it could be worth a, a um if you're a fan of both of those characters, it's worth a read, I believe. And I'm not sure when did Colleen get uh, chief focusing power because I don't remember her having that before. Because it says in the middle the, in the beginning of the book that she's got. Chief focusing powers um, from Iron Fist, and I'm like, oh, okay, when did from that happen? Show. Uh, yeah, and that's what, and that, and that was the other thing that made me think about that. I was like, huh, okay. Even though they still didn't dive, dive too far into that then, but I'm like, okay, I don't remember any other time because the last big book was both of them in it. Wait a minute, was that Fearless Defenders? Probably, but yeah, none of that was when they were working together because they kind of split apart and went their own way uh, a few years back. That being said, I don't know. Like this is the first book of three, and it's like two. It's two issues in one. Uh, like so they break them off in the chapters. And it's good. And from what I saw from the what's coming up, it looks like Nick Fury Junior is going to play a part in this. Which I'm like, that's weird. Because I know Misty used to work for Shield, but um, or work with Shield, but I don't know if uh, Nick Fury Junior had much of a dealings with them it's with either of these two so it is what it is we'll see how it goes i'm, I'm gonna check it out but yeah like i said the the writing of carleen colleen specifically and some of the other you know some stuff in it was kind of weird to me so all righty so if no one else has any other books they want to speak about in depth i'm gonna spin up the good old vulcan do it for rapid fire Um, All right. I think I probably have, probably have more than both of you do, so I can go ahead and start, or you, one, both of you two can go ahead, or one of you two can. Dirt, you want to oh, run? you want to run through yours? Yeah. <laughs> Again, um, I only have a couple here. Cosmic Ghost Rider number five. Uh, it's the <laughs> end of this mini series, and you find out that this mini series was just a setup for the new Guardians of the Galaxy series, and uh, basically because it's a time time travel thing. 
time travel thing, um, <clears throat> you know, when you go and you do a bunch of stuff and then you can travel back and stop yourself from doing a bunch of stuff, it makes the whole story moot. So, yeah. Um, kind of sad at the way this ended up because it ended up being a whole big bag of nothing. Uh, and then we had Venom number eight was the other book I read this week. And like I mentioned earlier, um, talking about Gideon Falls, this was one of those, you have to move the character from point A to point B so that they have a setup for something that's going to happen in the next issue. But in this issue, there's not really a whole lot going on other than a shout out to a former Venom series and a different person who was the character in a series that honestly didn't sell that well, but they're trying to sell people on the idea of like, Hey, it was so much better. So maybe you'll get a Marvel unlimited subscription and go pick it up. But regardless, uh, it, it is what it is. Um, you got to do these from time to time when they, they do a lot of these series, especially with all the different crossovers and stuff that's going to be going on. But last page of the issue, at least set up something really super fun and interesting that we can follow up on next month. So there you go. righty. Um, I'll take care of my books now. Um, so amazing Spider-Man number nine, uh, picking up on the events of last issue dealing with, uh, a group of characters that I guess have different branches around uh, the world in the Marvel U. Um, specifically, I'm, I'm referring to the Thieves Guild. You know, we're familiar with them from uh, Gambit uh, and his origin story from way back when in the 90s. And now uh, they are uh, rearing their head in New York City and, uh, you know, stepping up and stealing some really high profile things. And Black Cat and Spidey are uh, looking to liberate uh, said things, and things don't exactly go according to plan. So we'll see where that goes in the next issue. Um, Captain America number five. This is actually a really fun uh, callback. You know, this 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 part of uh, Coates's run on Cap is a fun callback to Brubaker's run because he's twisting and 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 tying in lots of different aspects of. Uh, some cool aspects of uh, Brew Baker's run and bringing in uh, a character, Celine, that we're not familiar with. If you're all, or if you're only reading Captain America and/or the Avengers corner of the universe, the character is traditionally an X-Men villain, and Cap actually brings that up here. And it's kind of cool to be inside Cap's head. And the way this issue is written is is, is pretty fun, where uh, we're actually thinking along with Cap. There isn't as much dialogue as what would normally be thought balloons, but they're actually just blue squares. So, um, you know, I know that Kisada uh, outlawed thought balloons back in the day, but now we've got the new thought balloons. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, I recommend it. Uh, it's it's uh, it's actually some of the sharper uh, Lanel U work, some of the cleaner Lanel U work that you've seen in uh, recent history. And, uh, Cap kind of comes up with a cool way of uh, taking down the Taskmaster in this issue. So, um, Daredevil number six eleven. I won't spoil too much. I know that PCN underscore Dirt may be reading this um, again. This is just another chapter in the death of Daredevil. That's no spoiler. Um, there is uh, a plot obviously, to uh, kill Daredevil that is playing out over the course of these issues. And this is yet another uh, chapter in that story. 
but uh, one particular character who we didn't think was real uh, reappears at the end of the story and will likely have a very big impact on how this plays out and how uh, the miniseries that comes out of this uh, supposed death of Daredevil story is probably going to play out after uh, this run is done. And uh, we'll probably cover this in the news later, but it was announced to the new creative team is on Daredevil once... um, this you know, once soul leaves this book, and once that uh, intermediate, uh, the once that uh, 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 intermediate story that comes out, um, I'm not sure who the creative team is. Once that comes out and, and finishes up, uh, there's going to be a new creative team on Daredevil. Uh, Fantastic Four number three. Uh, this is a lot of fun because uh, we get what we want, which is the reunion of uh, the core members of the Fantastic Four and the Future Foundation and the extra members that we see on the cover uh, do serve their purpose. They do have their points in the book where they get some shine from uh, the creative team. So it's a lot of fun. I always enjoy uh, the family aspect of the Fantastic Four. I don't necessarily dig the stories where Reed is played off as this, you know, aloof, uh, you know, overly into his head scientist. But at the end of the day, that's the way he's always been written. You know, going back to uh, those FF books that I was referring to that I was, that I used to read in, uh, in, uh, in reprint digests. So, you know, the, the character, you know, the character's still there. That that's, that's how he's being written. Uh, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 312. This is Spidey's separate chapters from Spider-Geddon. And uh, in this issue, fans of Miles uh, are going to be happy because there's an explanation for why Peter is not really showing up in the pages of the Spider-Geddon crossover proper. And, you know, we've known it from before. I'm not spoiling anything because this is now the second issue where Peter has basically said, I need to, you know, hold it down against Morla and I'll figure it out while the other inheritors uh, take on the rest of all the other Spideys. So uh, Spidey Prime has got his hands full if, uh, you know, to borrow borrow some elements of uh, the Distinguished Competition's uh, character naming. And finally, Thor number seven is... Uh, of is really a fun issue. It's by uh, Jason Aaron has a uh, guest artist. It is I don't want to screw the guy's name up, but it's the guy that did uh, the Walking Dead, uh, the OG artist. Um, I don't want to screw up his name. I totally forget. But uh, it's a nice one-off story of a young Thor and why the young Thor, uh, you know, Tony Moore. That's it. And uh, it's actually really done well. The guest colorist, John Rausch, they uh, together do a phenomenal job of uh, doing this one-off issue that fills in a story of young Thor, uh, heretofore uh, not not told. And uh, it really does, you know, serve a purpose in filling in a gap, especially in the broader Jason Aaron story that's being told of uh, what makes... Uh, Thor or any god worthy of uh, worshippers and of carrying a particular hammer. So 
for anyone that is uh, interested in reading a cool story about a young brash Thor and a young kind of funnel, uh, kind of uh, crazily costumed Loki, it's uh, th- this is a, a pretty cool one-off story to pick up. All right, cool. So you read a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I can go through like the, the I can go through these with a couple of lines of fun. Uh, Star Trek versus Star Transformers number two. Uh, the various the the Septicons meet the the Klingons and they go through it and they they um they they get an understanding and the Kirk and crew of the TAS era meets um, the rest of the Autobots and apparently there's some history kind of repeats itself in a way as far as how they got into this uh but with a with a slight spin and yeah and then there's an ambush and yeah things kind of start popping off uh titans number 29 so after the events of last issue uh and the 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 drowned earth prelude is that supposed to be uh, I guess they're part of the, they're, the that event is kind of over with because they are lost in space because they ended up um, attacking who was who's ever the bad guys in that thing and then beating a hasty, hasty exit which has them lost in space because they couldn't make the jump coordinates and they're they didn't fly through an asteroid but they did crash land on some planet and they all get a pity party and Beast Boy goes more beastly. And Miss Martian ends up doing the same because they're all hurt and hurt and all the kind of things happen. So there is that. Uh, Domino number eight. So Domino and her crew gets uh, a contract last issue to get this box. And of course, you're not supposed to open the box. They did. And ended up being um, uh, Mobius, the living vampire, which well, vampire is dead. So how is it living? That's never been answered. That's okay. We never will. But he ends up working with them um against some mare vampires yes that um, underwater vampires and they end up doing something with this and letting them go so and all seemed to work out with that uh, it was interesting uh plastic man number 6 this is the end of that mini series oh i just realized what i just did uh plastic man's end of that series but it looks like there could be more coming because there's at least one or two there's at least one thing that kind of was left on the table that um that could be brought back to because there was a i guess a new villain for plastic man uh that could come into the fold that came into the the course of this but since this is in that's not gonna happen here and um he takes on a bunch of slightly known dc villains because they were messing with some, they were doing some behind the scenes stuff that could have been infiltrating the other Justice League teams, possibly, or at least what they said, but that might have been taken care of here in Plastic Man. Who knew? Uh, Bitterroot, number one. Uh, this is the new book from David F. Walker, uh, Chuck Brown, and Sanford Green. Last of those two are hometown people to me. Uh, I am holding up the one of the covers. Um, which is, as you can tell, is a Magnolia, Mike Magnolia art. Um, and uh, I do have the, the, the regular book here, but that's... You know, so regardless, so this book, if you haven't heard by now, is, is a 
book about a family of uh, demon hunters back in the 1920s Harlem. We start to see uh, some of their interactions and we get to meet a few of them, but we don't, uh, not a lot of them are there, but we get to see the head of the family and a couple of them. And the, most of this issue is spent trying to toughen up and get one of the younger members of the family to, to kind of get himself in shape because he's the, the less experienced and, uh, of, of the ones that are, that have been shown, um, and some stuff that are that are gonna come come across that. So it's a pretty good issue. I like it. It's a pretty decent start for for what this is, uh, and I enjoyed it. Um, Darth Vader number twenty three. So he's on Mister. So what were you? The only thing I was gonna ask is, did you also buy the regular cover? Yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had it in here. Real, in... I know the A covers are gonna all go together to make one big image. Uh yeah, and I and I know Sanford Green has done stuff like that before, and so excuse the red length here. So, so yeah, here's the yeah, here's the right. And then the A cover is gonna be, you know, he's probably gonna sell it as a print at the, uh, you know, when you see him at a con, more than likely. So, um, let's see where was I? Darth Vader number twenty three. So Darth Vader's on Mustafar making the summer home, um, which. Doesn't go as well. You can't make a winter home there. Oh no! <laughs> All right. Um, which has the neighbors rather bo- bothered, and the the architect of this um, of this of this place, hence known as Darth Vader's castle, um, is a a former Sith who's embodying a mask, and every time that the structure doesn't go right. Uh, the 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 attempt is that Vader kills him, puts the mask on somebody else, and then they, he ends up making another um mother, another run at the castle, and he finally gets it right. And uh, of course, as tend to happen with Sith, there's a betrayal at the end of this. All the while, the neighbors around are are, are coming to knock uh, knock, and not in a friendly way because the, all their building and whatnot is disturbing the land. Such as it's Mustafar, it's already kind of messed up. So, so there's a there's a battle on two fronts that's gonna come next uh, next issue. Uh, Juke Joint number two. This is the uh, T. Franklin book. It is about um, I think I've pretty much talked about this. That this is about a a um, a joint somewhere in uh, I don't know it's supposed to be like Louisiana. There's some voodoo involved, and uh, if you mess up, you're gonna get dealt with, and that's what happens during the course of this issue and the last issue, including one that has to do with this lady's husband who was who was beaten up on her and her her daughter. Uh, she goes to the the lady to help out, which she does, but now has second thoughts about that, and and um, to a lady whose name I'm I'm. Um, that's escaping right now. It's kind of like, look, if you go back to the dude, he's going to kill you, this and that, the other, and that's where, where we kind of leave out. So, and they were in the same time, she was also trying to get this lady to come into the fold and help out. But we don't, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, and that, folks, is it for me because we've gone through everything else. So, clicks of the week. Here they come, clicks of the week. It's not Mr. Miracle, which is <laughs> that's it, kind of sad. Yeah. It that is. would have been like if you asked me, you know, 
last week what my click this week was going to be, I would have put money on that. But right, uh, you know, no, actually, I'm going with Gideon Falls because again, Gideon Falls hits you with that that mind bending twist that makes you hungry for the next issue. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to go with Avengers number ten. I had a lot of fun in. Say again? You mean Avengers 700? Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, that it was, it was a lot of fun. It was pretty evident from my uh, discussion about it that, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. And I think... I think Tim agrees with you. Yeah, Tim yeah. definitely does agree with you because that was his click of the week. And I'm thinking I'm actually going to go along with that one also. Yo! Because, like, I've that, that personally read some pretty decent, pretty good stuff. Like, the Daughters of the Dragon, I kind of had more hopes for it than, than it actually started to give out, but uh, but it ended up being better than, than my initial thoughts in some cases. But definitely, Avengers 10 was the big book of this week, and therefore, three out of four of our clicks of the week. Nice. All righty, and with that, I'm going to have to bid you adieu. Yep. Excelsior! Thanks for having me on, guys. I'll see you next week. Come on, Doug. Well, you got to give us Excelsior. Or the next, the next show. I, which... I can't do this fanboy. Oh, that's right. There is no next week, is there? Yes, that's correct. Right. Yes. So, because, yes, it is It is Thanksgiving here in the U.S., and we will more than likely not have a show. That, that right. We're all going to be kind of tied up with the things. family obligations next week. Yes. So back for 29th. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Excelsior! <laughs> Yay! Later on, Dirt. Yeah. See ya. All right. So we uh, transition into our first ad of the night. Mm-hmm. Our first ad of the night is for Funko. Fun at first sight. Your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel, t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there... Scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, and now we transition into the news. Yes, and we start off as we do every week with the cinematic news. And folks, we finally find out the name of Disney's new streaming service. And that name will be nothing zippy because it's zippy uh, because it's Disney. It is called Disney Plus. Uh, Wait, do I have a slow clap here? Hold on. I was thinking crickets, but sure, go for it. So, yeah, so, again, the streaming service apparently will... I didn't know they owned National Geographic. That's amusing. I think that came with Fox. Oh, okay. 
Well, there you go. So this is Disney Pixar, as you can see from the from the video, the, there's a there's a this, um, there's a, a, a picture here, an image here. So it's the logo, I guess. That's yeah, that's the logo and most of the stuff that um, is going to be under the House of Mouse's new streaming service. That's Disney Pixar, Marvel, Star Star Wars, duh, and National Geographic. Um. So yeah, and apparently, wait, does it say? Oh, it's apparently there is a new registration site that is up where people can sign up to uh, to get more news on this uh, this uh, streaming service. And then we already know pricing and all that kind of good mess. We but we don't know when in twenty nineteen it's going to kind of going to come out because they're and also still in the throes of that Fox uh, Fox merger. So that's got to get ironed out, which is just like may be completed by the first. Oh, there you go. All right. Next up, uh, Disney announced a second live-action Star Wars show that's going to be on the uh, streaming platform. And uh, Diego Luna is going to be reprising the role of Rebel Alliance by Cashin Andor. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and from uh, that character was in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. That is correct. So this clearly has to be something before that because um, that's a pretty final... Right. For it's going to be a... It's going to be a... Spoiler a alert. Prequel to that, right? Yes. Um, also worth noting, uh, and to some people's ire, not without... Um, I believe this is going to be without the droid... Um, whose name is escaping me right now? Alan Tudyk. Well, yeah, who was played by Alan Tudyk? But yes, I can't remember um, the Imperial droid that was that he was rolling with during the the events of uh, Rogue One. So that's the thing. There you go. And um, wait, hold on for a second, because I got this one. I had something on that too. Oh yeah, so this is after that. So I don't know. I messed up. I messed up in my ordering. Um, so if you wanted to, um, ever watch the Star Wars holiday special, folks, you can do that because it's on YouTube. Uh, this, the, the holiday special was from 1978. So those of us of a certain image may have some vague memories of this not great piece of, um, television history. But you can go to the SW holiday special on YouTube and or just search, you know, just hit a search on YouTube for it, and it's there on all of its terrible glory. But in, um, well, seemingly decent quality for the time because we don't know if it's, this is going to be on Disney streaming servers. Probably should, probably won't. But nevertheless, it's out there. Next up, it is official. Disney's bringing a Loki television series to its streaming service too. Mm-hmm. Thought we covered this last week but i guess it has now been confirmed yeah well we've we've covered this well we've covered the the rumors of it all, all in the past but now not the 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 officialness of it because actually this came out i want to say this came out the night we were uh recording but we did not so yeah it's official um and i'm going to assume that this is going to be at some point in some history because it's probably before infinity war i would think which there was also another article that I didn't put in, didn't put in here about um, uh, Loki's character could have ended up in a different way, um, judging by a earlier script mm-hmm. in, in Infinity War. 
And it also gives credence to the fact that the guess he may actually be dead at this point. But we still shall see, because we're not know telling what that other Avengers movie is going to do. So, um, Next up, Brie Larson's recent Captain Marvel tweet revealed number four, America's hottest talk line. So, <laughs> that's funny. So apparently there was a uh, there was a trailer or something that happened around the, oh no the um, yeah this was around uh, election day and there was um, I don't know where it is because I don't know if it's in here oh no uh, it's just it, anyway it's just as well so that was, so Brie Larson was doing a, a kind of a um, a um, tweeted out a photo of her in costume surrounded by nineties era rock the vote signs and one reddit user dug in deep and revealed that the phone number that shows up in said picture is one for a sex line a fairly popular sex line according to this article so um yeah that's if that is the case then that's kind of funny and apparently the the people at sci-fi who who wrote this article <laughs> confirmed that yep it surely is because they called the number because what are you going to do if you see a number in a thing like that? You call it. So next uh, up. All right. Uh, the Captain Marvel, the upcoming Captain Marvel movie is based in large part on Kelly Sue DeConnick's comics run. That's cool. So That's this, a, this that is reinvigorated. Also, the well, I was about to say, so exactly, because this is should be no surprise to um, people in the comics. No, because before that run... Well, I guess it was a Captain Marvel, I guess. Cause, um, but that's kind of when she came into prominence as Captain Marvel. Right, because prior to that, she had really been Miss Marvel. Right. So, I'm, I'm trying to think about, back to uh, Bendis' um, Mighty Mighty, uh, Mighty Avengers run. And yeah, I think she was still Miss Marvel then, too. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so she basically came into Captain Marvel with... Uh, Kelly Sue's gone the which was a great run if you ever get a chance to read it. So right, and that's where the costume uh, yes. revision starts. So. Right, which is why I feel like, well, this didn't seem like much of a. Um... Oh, just happened there. Weird. Um, which didn't seem like it was much of a surprise, you know, if you've seen the costume and seen, you know, seen things leading up to the leading up to the movie, which is not out yet. Nothing comes out until next week, next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing. So it's confirmed. So next up. Alrighty. Uh, do you have to turn your camera off? No. Wait, why is my camera even? No, is I that... don't know. Something happened with screen sharing. It just went completely. Okay. Alrighty. Um, so where are we now? I think it's your, you're up. Oh, and actually something is wrong with my camera. What is going on here? Um, anyway, while well, well, I'm trying to situate that, because you, you want to take the next one? Then? No, I got it. I got it. But it's just weird that this this just happened all of a sudden. Anyway, Stanley already filmed his Avengers Four cameo. Um. So yeah, like I said, we, we're going to get into some more, and there's still some more news about this. Uh. So I think Avengers Four might be the last one he's filmed because I believe there was an, another article saying that he was not in whatever the upcoming X-Men film is. Um, so this might be the last. 
Uh, right. He's already done that, his Captain Marvel one. Presumably. Right. He's done. He's done. Yeah. He's done that one. He's done Avengers four. He's done Spider Man Into, Into the Spider Verse one. And I think there might have been another one that he's already done. I, he might have done the Spidey uh, Far From Home already. Uh, maybe I'm not sure. It doesn't say. Okay. But um, but yeah. So I know there was a few of them he'd already done in advance. So. Yeah. There you go. Look right. forward to at least a few more cameos from Stan Lee You're going forward. Alrighty, so another trailer for the Spider-Verse movie from Sony has dropped, and it is uh, it shows a bit more than the initial trailer. Yeah. And you should go check it out if you're remotely uh, interested in that movie. As I am, but I don't need to see really, really sick. I don't need to see anymore because I just want to. Yeah, watch it come out. Say, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to spoil it anymore because so, it's coming out soon enough. Yeah, so that's kind of going against what I just said. But nevertheless, if you are interested in, and not right. like at this point, like it's less than a month away. So right. So um, next up, Black Widow character breakdowns may point to a film's villain. So apparently, yeah, Black Widow movie is still coming. Um, and uh, some rumor site that hashtag show, which apparently people tend to use. Uh, has details on character that uh, Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff will come across during her first old autoing. For starters, the film's villain is said to be a man describing only as exciting and geared toward any actor in his 40s. The outlet speculates the villain may be a Taskmaster or a Red Guardian. I'm sure. And there's some other people that, that, are, that, are, that are putting out feeders for. So, sure. It's a thing, still. Next, Marvel's The Eternals is eyeing a 2019 production start date. So, in lieu of uh, Guardians, guess what we're getting? Eternals. Oh, my. Some would argue probably <laughs> in spite of or <laughs> because of. Right. <laughs> but we don't know if they, if they were already had plans to, to bring The Eternals, who haven't really been seen much. I mean, recently, kind of, sort of, but not. Yeah, because, you know, you want to see, uh, you know, you definitely want to see that the red guy or the blue guy or the running guy or, you know, the gold <laughs> lady. Sure, yes. So I mean, the hardcore, amongst, uh, the, the hardcore amongst us don't even know these characters' names. Well, whatever, dude. Yeah. Well, to be fair, they did show up in Avengers fairly in a, as a couple of issues, but it kind of came and went in the uh, most recent Avengers uh, book. Right. So, but still, like, yeah. Like I think Icarus, that might have been one of them or something. I don't even know if that's that's it doesn't. Yeah, I think that's the blue guy. Yeah, blonde hair. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So it is what it is. That's that's the thing that's coming. Hopefully, well, maybe they learned the lessons from the humans and will do something different. We'd have to know. Uh, but next up, is that me? Or... Uh, it's you. Oh, Clark and Dagger test their powers in season two screen tests. So, the, uh, yeah, there's a screen test that happened in a little behind the scenes video um, where it looks like uh, the stars are looking like they're going to use their powers, which I haven't seen Clark and Dagger, so I don't know if they've actually been using them at all. And apparently, the, the I think, it, as weirdly enough, as big a note for me in this article was that there was a por- former Power Ranger that's apparently a, a part of the show. Okay. Don't ask me why. That's, but hey. All righty. Uh, next up, uh, the Roger Corman 1994 non-classic, 
uh, Fantastic Four movie is actually now on YouTube for you to watch at your leisure. Yes. Uh, I, this was from, actually, we had this in last week's lineup and totally forgot to, to gloss talk. We totally didn't even talk about it for some reason. <clears throat> so I'm not sure what happened with that. But regardless, go check it out. It's on YouTube. Um, it is fascinating if you if you did not know. Because it was previously unreleased, and it's still unreleased technically. But, I mean, but it's out there to watch on YouTube because you've heard about the documentary around it, and now you can see the Roger Corman unclassic in its entirety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you talk, those of you talking mess about that other those other Fantastic Four movies, yes, you really go watch that. You will true, know the the meaning of that. I hadn't really watched it all because I started and I didn't, but I'm gonna definitely do so. You might want to do it before it goes off of Twitter. I mean, go also off of YouTube, by the way. Right. Uh, Supergirl kills off spoiler in the latest episode, and no, not that spoiler because that is not a part of this world. Maybe she's coming, maybe not, but. Uh, in the last episode of Supergirl, as of, I guess, last week, uh, I, a familiar name has been killed off. Or if you know the Superman canon, and that would be Mercy and Otis Graves. So if you know the name of Mercy, that is um, Lex Luthor's uh, second henchwoman, or second in charge, or henchwoman, or valet, bodyguard, whatever you want to call her. Right. So in the Supergirl mythos, she is now dead. And her brother, who apparently was, was causing some uh, problems. But, you know, who's to say? She may come back as, I don't know, a cyborg or something, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's been a storyline that has actually happened in Justice League or something. Okay. Uh, let's, let's see. Um, more CW television I don't watch. Supergirl cast Nia Nal's mother and sister. Good lord. Yeah, so apparently this is a Legend of Superheroes callback. Um, again, a group I don't know too much about. So cause they, they've definitely been doing a lot of Legends of Superheroes stuff uh, in this last season or two. So but this Legion is... Legion of Superheroes, Legion, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, what did I say? Legend of Superheroes. Oh, sure. Well, different. Yeah, same, different, not... Um, so yeah, so yeah, apparently I think this is what dream girl's mother, also known as dreamer. So this is her mother. Okay, sure. Um, first look at CW's Superman and Lois Lane United for Elseworlds. So we, we knew that, um, Supergirl's Superman and that there was going to be a Lois Lane coming into the fold. On on um, on that show, and uh, there is a look of them two together, or a picture that was on some site. You couldn't say it's almost reminiscent of the Christmas Reeve um, Margot Kidder one, but yeah. sure, they look alright. Okay. Unfortunately, I I would have it up on the video right now if my video was working. Hello, Google Hangouts. I know, right? Next up. Uh, things get weird in the first trailer for the CW's Elseworlds crossover. So everyone is in everybody else's costume. That's what's weird about it. Mm-hmm. And that, and um, apparently, uh, Ollie is kissing Iris. Oh, really? Because he, because he is, yeah, because he is taking uh, 
uh, Barry's place. You know, they, they've switched worlds, so therefore he's living, I guess, I assume this is giving credence that he's living Barry's life and I guess vice versa. So, you, and you can see from that teaser trailer video that, yeah, the, the well, you can't see it because again, video, but there's a, there's an image of, um, of, um, Iris and Ali kissing to his surprise, which means that he doesn't, he doesn't know what's going on here. It's kind of funny looking. So, um, next up. Ragdoll strikes a new f- clip from The Flash. I don't know who, so do you know anything about this character, Ragdoll? Uh, nope. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so I guess this is someone from The Flash's uh, Rose Gallery or, or somewhere in DC. I don't know. But uh, there was a, I guess this is from last week's episode also, the, there was a clip. Or is it from this week? Regardless, it doesn't matter. The ragdoll who looked really silly. Again, if you could see this on video, I, I would I would very much show it. Looks kind of silly in his mask. It looks always looks like a weird actually looks like the mask. <laughs> with with uh with uh what's going on in that picture. But apparently there's some tie to him working with um uh Iris and their daughter and Barry's daughter, Nora, which I guess cause some friction or something. I don't know, but it's a thing that's happening. Next, uh, the CW announces mid-season schedule changes for Arrowverse and more. So uh, make sure to check your uh, cable guide. Yes, indeed. Yes, there's going to be some scheduling changes there, um, including what they're bringing in on, on on other fronts outside of the, the Arrowverse. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow confirms Swamp Thing lurks in the Arrowverse. So uh, this was from the the last episode where they referenced Swamp Thing in, I guess, more than one fashion. One big fashion. There's, I guess, they go to see a movie called Swamp Thing. Um, which oh, we're a, being we're being we're getting yelled at by uh, or scolded by Matt Wang for not knowing oh, really uh, who <laughs> Ragdoll is. So apparently, we don't know. Surprise. We're not familiar with the JSA. Yeah, I mean, you know, Starman villain Ragdoll. Okay, well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I freely admit my my DC knowledge, is, yeah, uh, and I know nothing of um. <laughs> no, I am not a matter eater lad fan because I know nothing of. I don't know. I I was not that big of a DC fan in general, just on the cursory glances. Even now, um, so I don't know anything about Legion of the Superheroes outside of the fact that they're a thing. I Secret Six also, you know, which I hear things about from you know from people who like uh, you know Gail and I'm a fan of Gail work, but I don't I don't know everything about her and definitely don't know anything about Secret Six. But right. I, I, keep, keep I was, I was gonna add a. Uh, I always thought Wildfire was cool. He had a cool look. Who's, I don't know if you're familiar with that character. Mm-hmm. You can look it up when you have when you have a chance. You can yeah, look remind me later. Wildfire had a pretty cool look. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. All I know uh, is Armor uh, Wildfire from from Shogun Shogun uh, Shogun Ninja uh, Running Warrior. Excuse me. Anyway, uh, DC Universe's Swamp Thing casts Alec Holland and uh, the title character. So good for them. Yeah. So now we got the Swamp Thing to go with the <laughs> the show that's coming. That's that's probably right. a good thing. Um, next up, Nightwing director hired for live action Johnny Quest movie. Because they can't stop digging things up. Um, I'm a fan of Johnny Quest, the the old cartoons. I don't think that this should happen. I, call me crazy. 
but um, it's apparently a thing that they're looking into, and it's uh, in a report phase, so we don't know if it's actually going to happen. Um, actually, heck, we're not even sure if that Nightwing movie's still going to happen, but apparently it's, maybe it is. Oh, yeah. It's next up. Kingsman 3 news, uh, Taron Egerton will not return as Eggsy, which is surprising because he's the uh, kind of the lead character, so um, he's not going to be along for the next installment of the franchise. And uh, Matthew Vaughn is at work on directing and writing the next one. So it is, but it isn't because I kind of feel like, yeah, it is. But at the end of the last movie, spoiler alert, his, you know, he got a, he didn't get written out, but he's like, well, he's, he's in another place now. That doesn't mean they couldn't have brought him back. But at the same time, if you think about how these movies have gone, like the character who shows up in the last movie, who should not have been around, comes Mm -hmm. back. So that's not the saying that he could not come up for the one after this. Right. If they, because apparently they do plan on doing more with that franchise. Whether they need to or not, different story. But you know. So, uh, report: Michelle Yeoh may return as Emperor Georgiou in a standalone Star Trek series. So they are really trying trying to do something with these series. Hey, I will watch a movie. I I will watch a show with Michelle Yeoh in it any day. Uh, All right. That said, uh, I haven't been keeping up with D- Discovery, so I don't know. Yeah, you know, but Emperor, but Emperor Georgiou is the Mirror Universe character that uh, apparently showed up at some point in Discovery, in lieu of the fact that um, the the original character that uh, Michelle Yeoh played got mm-hmm. out of the or came or left the series. I guess I don't know. I'll leave it to you to discover <laughs> to discover that. Uh, Uh uh, next up Star Trek backstory for the USS Discovery sentient computer exists in Michael help me with the pronunciation here Caban's head Uh, sure that's about as good as uh, I couldn't have told you anyway so yeah um, and apparently this is uh, have to do with one of the short short treks the little mini episodes that they've been doing um, that I guess just came out, and this one was called Calypso, which has to do with uh, I guess the Enterprise being by itself for many a year or something, and something happened. I'm not sure because again, I've not seen any of this stuff, so I don't even know. But apparently, you know, the, the writer has ideas of where of uh, where that goes with with some of that, which may not may or may not have come out in that short episode, so. Yeah. Uh, the Walking Dead producer reveals the name of Michonne's kid. Yes. So, yes. So, if you did not know, if you hadn't watched uh, um, Walking Dead, because I haven't, uh, Rick Rimes left the show. Uh, apparently, there was a time jump. Michonne was uh, pregnant by Rick because they apparently had a thing. And there was actually two kids because there, there was a, I've seen pictures of other little girl kid that had um, that had Rick's son's hat. That's Judith. Yeah. Okay. That's Judith. That's the kid that uh, Rick's wife had with Shane. Ah. Uh, okay. But he, but he claimed it. Uh, he claimed her as his own after Shane died. So. Gotcha. Which uh, is he supposed to be coming back to the show for next season? Something. Mm, he already made his appearance in the last episode with Rick. Because of Rick, okay, yeah, but I thought right. too, so it's a, I think it was a flashback sequence. Yeah, so. which makes sense given that you know Rick was leaving the show. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's the thing. The Rick's kid is is not on the show. I don't. Okay. All right. Next up, Deadly Class: Kindness is Weakness in the new trailer for the Siffy series. 
Yeah, shout out to Benj- uh, Benedict Wong, who's, um, yeah, steadily getting work. Uh, so yeah, this is a new uh, trailer for that that Siffy show, Deadly Class, based off the Remender and uh, Wes Craig book, image book. I know nothing about that series. Um, I just actually, on a side note, I just just found out that there was a a, um, and I know Matt probably will know something about this already, but um, there is a Thief of Thieves video game, which we'll, I could have saved this for later on, that I just found out about that was that came out this June and it's based off the book. And it's kind of stealthy slash hitman like, and it's kind of interesting. And it's in the the style of the book, and of okay. course, it's being done by Sky Skybomb Games. So, and it's almost kind of, kind of have as an element of the Telltale, um, uh, 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 um, you know, type storytelling type stuff. Except there's a little bit more action to it, and it's like it's stealthy and hitmanish like. But it is a thing. Anyway, next. Oh, is it me? Yep. Uh. <laughs> Aren't you glad? The Detective Pikachu trailer is full of Pokemon Easter eggs. So yes, this is not directly comic book related, but nevertheless, you had if you've been online, you had to know about the Detective Pikachu um, live action movie, folks. That is happening right. sometime the, next year. I would say in the uh, in the, uh, the in the vein of things you never knew you wanted I'm or s- thought people wanted. Yeah. And there was a lot, whole lot of when this when this dropped, uh, like a day or two ago, there was a whole lot of one. This is kind of kind of terrifying because real life Pokemon is weird. But at the same time, I've seen a lot of people who's like, "Yep, six months, I'm going to see this." Much to my chagrin. So, so if you haven't seen the trailer, it's being the the Pikachu is being voiced by one Ryan Reynolds of Deadpool and other things fame, and the voice really doesn't. I don't know. To me, the voice really doesn't fit the, the character, but and, and you know, you can say, say, "Yeah, Pikachu." I mean, Pikachu is a Pokemon, and all they do is say the name. With some of that is being played out along with other Easter eggs that are happening in the trailer. You should go see this trailer. You should go check out this trailer. It's interesting. Um, yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> so next up, uh, Toy Story 4's latest teaser is a trailer reaction video. Starring Key and Peele. So the actual teaser trailer came out. Mm-hmm. And there's a new character in there. Two new characters. <laughs> new characters, but there's a new character in there that uh is uh that, that will be familiar to you if you went to school and had lunch in the cafeteria. Okay. I haven't watched this, so I don't know what you mean by that, but I, I... So when you watch it, you'd be like, Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, but definitely the the. Probably, I was about to say, talk about not spoiling anything. Yeah, that's that's. I'm like, okay, now I actually want to watch this because I wouldn't <laughs> had no plans to actually do so before you said that. Now I'm curious. Um, but yeah, so Key and Peele, shout out to them. Uh, I guess a voicing two characters, and this is a this the whole thing was a teaser reaction using those characters' voices, I guess, or something like that. So cool. Um, <laughs> I like the, the tagline underneath the thing: "To infinity and your mom." <laughs> That's kind of cute. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that gets played anywhere else. But anyway, um, RJ Seiler, I'm hoping that's pronouncing that name right, is now Todd Green on the CWB, the CWWB hit Black Lightning. So if you don't, if you're not familiar with that name, or if you may be familiar with that name, uh, that is Billy from the last Power Rangers movie from last year. Okay. And he's going to be playing Todd Green, the gangly and awkward tech genius who passed over, who was passed over for his research grant. 
Uh, he doesn't take it well until he gets an offer to join Tobias Well. Uh, to, to, yeah, before he joins Tobias Well, so I guess he's going to be on the bad side of things. Or misused, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing. And uh, it didn't say when he's going to come in, but yeah, I guess it's going to be in, in the coming season. Alrighty, so I guess we can transition over to comic news. We can, and we've kind of already talked about this at the top of the show. Yeah, I'm about to say, hold on. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Yes, so the passing of, of Stanley, again, we talked about that, so we can kind of skip this. Well, not necessarily skip it, but... Um, we'll, we'll, we'll highlight some of these stories. So yes. obviously the first story is that he's passed away. Yes. The follow-up story that's in our queue is that uh, mm-hmm. Roy mm-hmm. Thomas had a chance to share his thoughts on Stan's life uh, in, 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 uh, in the wake of Stan's passing. Uh, Roy apparently was... Uh, one of the last to actually see Stan and have his picture taken with Stan before Stan passed. Uh, for those of you uh, who don't know, Roy Thomas was the protege of Stan Lee and was the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics in the the immediate uh, successor to Stan Lee as the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. And, 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 yeah, and if we had video, boy, would I love to show you this, this picture of a... Um, of, uh, uh, Stanley, Roy Thomas, and whoever this other guy is. I think it's like his assistant. Yeah. So, but that's that. And also, um, Mark Hamill of I don't know who that guy is. Fame. Um, ah. no, one, no one knows that guy. Uh, pins a heartfelt tribute. I'm kidding, folks. I actually do know this. You come on. Um, heartfelt tribute to his childhood idol, Stan Lee. So he's he he like most people did on Twitter after the um on passing, uh, Mark Hamill goes out there and, and says his contribution to pop culture was revolutionary, cannot be overstated. He was everything you hoped for. He hoped he would be and more. I love this man and will never stop missing him. They say you should never meet your childhood idol. Idol. They are wrong. And he says, "Rep stand the man." So there is a, also a tie within which this um which this brings up because I'm looking at the video. I mean, I'm looking at the the pictures that um that um Mark Hamill put on his um Twitter, and there is the one with them two together. There's a picture of Stanley by himself, and there's like two pictures of them two together. And there is one from a movie that well, a Kevin Smith movie, which Stanley has also been in. I don't know if he was in that particular one. Now that I think about it, but I know Mark Hamill did a um, did a Kevin Smith movie, uh, and so did Stan Lee. So there is a tie between them two. But I don't think they were in the same movie. Um, and I think what was it? It was um, um, oh shit the um, oh the 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 Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. That's what it was. That uh, that Hamill was in, and uh, Stanley was in Mallrats. Stan was in a bunch of those movies. Yeah, so. he was. Well, yeah, he's been. I mean, outside of Marvel he movies, was he was in a bunch of. Yeah, he, was he? I don't remember him from the from. Uh, granted, Mallrats. I haven't seen Mallrats. So he had Mallrats. He had. Yes, I know he was in Mallrats. Right, he had scenes. We had cameos in a bunch of them. Really? Huh. Yeah, which makes sense because Kevin Smith, big big comic fan, and you know Stanley fan, so. Um, I don't listen. I don't remember him from Mallrats. And if he was in Jane Starr's Slime Bob Strikes Back, I totally missed it. It was probably a quick cameo, probably. But yeah. Uh-huh. So either way, that's that's that is uh, that is that. 
So the Distinguished Competition also mm-hmm. uh, posted to Twitter uh, a celebration of the life of Stan Lee. Yes, and they say he changed the way we look at, at heroes and modern comics will always bear his indelible mark. His infection, its enthusiasm always reminded us why we all fell in love with these stories in the first place. Excelsior, stand. So, shout out to whoever in turn wrote that. Um, that's mean, but still. Um, so, I was about to say, whoever the intern was, you know, probably had to run it past uh, someone up, you know, upstairs. Yeah, probably, but, you know. Um, and, uh, I guess, well, one of the last two on the Stanley front, um, oh, wow, I didn't see, Al Sharpton has said something about Stanley, that's interesting. Anyway, uh, Tom King has been subtly honoring Stanley at DC for years, which I believe I uh, alluded to before we started recording. And, matter of fact, even in, in fact, we have talked about this before, because even in Mr. Miracle, uh, this week, there is... I wouldn't say blatant, but there's a pretty direct quote of a um, of a a Marvel Comics um, line that fans of Spider-Man would know quite quite well. So I'm not, you know, so that was if that wasn't blatant enough, and and I think this is not the first time that particular line or something had shown up in Mister Miracle. But I don't know what else, and I don't know if, like, he's been doing some other stuff in, like, Batman or whatever. But Tom King says he meant so much as a tribute to Stan and his immortal Stanley Presents, which I believe Dirt mentioned something about earlier. Uh, Since the start of my career, I've always, excuse me, I've tried always to put a DC Comics Presents before my titles. Uh, I told him this once. He nodded, patted my back, and said, forget that kid, just write for Marvel. Ah. <laughs> which that's funny which he did but um but yeah that didn't stop him from doing other stuff that we have seen you know right that we have seen him do in dc right so just before we move off into the next uh the next phase of the news just mm-hmm. wanted to point out that there are tons of uh remembrances and tributes and eulogies to Stanley out there on social media and on the web. So, uh, you know, the outpouring of love and grief and, you know, uh, joy at his, uh, jo- you know, joy uh, regarding or surrounding the uh, his, his work and his, uh, his long history in comics um, is, you know, is, is abounds all over. Uh, on the web so you know take a moment you know add you know add your own voice to the story so indeed and as what matt wang says uh going back to the the kevin smith thing he's like i think um mark hamill was awesome as cockknocker in that kevin smith and excuse me and kevin and jane silent bomb strikes back one of his favorite movies i'm a, I'm a little bit more partial to to uh my rights myself and clerks but hey you know that was a good movie for what for the what was it at the time? Anywho's. Um, and, and apparently he also says that was uh, Roy Thomas's agent slash manager. There you go. The other person in the, in the So thank you for that. 
Uh, moving right along with the it's uh, with the the news. Uh, Marvel's Spider Man's P uh, Marvel Spider Man's PS4 has the most heartwarming Stanley cameo ever. So I just put this in there just as a reminder. One, hey, that game is out and still good. But also, I totally remember this that the fact that he was in the game, he cameo in the game, kind of early on. So if you've not played the game. Kind of, it's kind of a spoiler thing, but I won't go into it. Actually, no, I won't go into it. But there was a pretty early on uh, interaction between a couple of characters, and just so happens that uh, Stan Lee kind of cameos in after that. So it was pretty, uh, it was pretty cute. I wasn't expecting it, but it was good. Um, so yeah, so if you get a chance to play that, uh, play that game, you should. I need to finish it because it's yeah, good stuff. Uh, next. Next up, uh, Marvel Rising pays homage to classic Marvel comics covers. So the next generation uh, of heroes in uh... actually, wait, these are about toys, right? Yes, yes, it is. So the characters that are coming out as uh, action dolls: Ms. Um, Marvel, Squirrel Girl, America Chavez. Ghost Spider and Quake are all going to have uh, covers as homage to a classic cover from years past as part of their packaging. Yes. Um, so yeah, and there were there was a link to the Twitter where they showed all of those, and unfortunately, I can't show it to you right now. So that sucks. Moving right along. Moving. I'm going to be on this until we end the show. I can see that right now. Um, Marvel has revealed where the Infinity Stones come from. Uh, this is from that that event that I'm still not reading yet, aka right. Infinity Wars number five, which is that out on y'all? I'm assuming it is since, they, since this is a thing. The yeah. last week, yeah. Okay, so yeah, we find out where the Infinity Stones come from, or the gems, as we historically like to call them. Because mm-hmm. they're gems to me. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, Tupac and T'Challa. Marvel partners with the late rapper's estate for an apparel line. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that. So, and apparently this launches, uh, this is already launched as an exclusive of Pop by Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm, that's not Pop like Funko Pop. I don't, because I know they do have Funko Pops in Foot Locker, but I don't think this has anything to do with Funko. So, and it says here, the intersection of music and Black Panther is such a vital part of that property, so it's fantastic to co-brand with an influential artist like Tupac. Um, okay, he's passed long since. But anyway, on a new collection of Marvel apparel. Uh, have you have you looked at it? No, not yet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, it's, uh, I don't know. I am not the biggest Pac fan, but I respect his work, and sure, I guess it's a thing. I, if they had gone Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang, I would have been like, okay, word. That makes <laughs> total sense. That makes way more sense. Yeah, it does. So, but I, I, I am not the, the marketing person, and, and sure, it is what it is. Next up, uh, the Black Order, actually, so, yeah, Dennis' Black Order has a new master in number one. Uh, only put, this week's issue. Yeah, it is this week's issue. Um, and we didn't actually get a copy of it. No, I don't believe we did. Um, and I didn't even skim it, so I was like, eh, do I really care that much? I picked it up because it has nice interior art by Philip Tan. Okay, sure. But, but you didn't, you didn't necessarily. I didn't read it. Yeah. I didn't gotcha. read it. 
That reminds me, we should, I should uh, uh, bug dirt about that. Yeah. So Alrighty. that is the thing. Uh, going back to Spider-Man PS4, which is, wow, just a luck on that one. Huh. Weird. Uh, so there's a new DLC that just came out, and there's more DLC Spider-Man suits, and there's an article out there from GameSpot about how you can unlock them. Because um, as you progress through the game, you can unlock new suits for a Spidey. And there was already like 12, 13, something like suits in there. So this DLC is bringing more suits. Mm. More suits, more fun. And you can get your photo mode uh, photo mode fun in on. Which actually looks like this article is doing some of the stuff that's already been out there. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that is the thing. Again, go play that game. Next. One second, I got to, I'm just bugging uh, PC and underscore dirt about this. Okay. Um, um, where are we? Uh, San Diego Comic Con president John Rogers has died from brain cancer. I thought we covered this. Poor guy, rest in peace. Uh, no, we, we had not. Because okay. um, I think this just happened like a couple of days ago. Okay. Yeah. So, next up, um, buh, 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 buh. so there's a new Kickstarter out called The Good Fight, a peaceful stand against bigotry and racism uh, that is going on now. It's a comic book anthology uh, with a bunch of creators that you might know and love. That, and, um, yeah, you should check that out. Um, go look up uh, The Good Fight, a peaceful stand against bigotry and racism. See if it's something that you want to, to go ahead and back. It looks like they have already met their goal and still have um, 26 days to go as of as of this recording. Cool. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. So I guess, so I guess they're, they're going into stretch goals at, at this point. Alrighty. Next. Uh, next up, uh, there's a new Flash story that leads DC Holiday Special for Walmart. So there's a new Flash story by Scott Lobdell, Brett Booth, and Norm Ratman that leads the just announced... DC's World's Greatest Superheroes Holiday Special. I think it's out already. Yeah, because it was supposed to go on sale Sunday, November 11th at Walmart stores nationwide, because I believe our very own PCN underscore dirt already picked up his copy. You are correct. You are correct. Uh Uh-oh. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Moving on. Yeah. So, yeah, if you get there, check that out. I don't know what the story's about, but it's the thing. Um, He-Man and Justice Crossover rewrites the history of the DC of DC's anti-life equation. Uh, this is a spoiler for last week. So which we talked about this last week, but we didn't get into that part. Um, and I thought this was kind of an alternate reality. So I don't know if it's actually rewriting it for the prime universe or just, just something that's kind of brought up there. Um, but there's a weirdly, there's a weirdly, um, especially in the panel that shows up in this article, there's a weirdly infinity gauntlet esque look to what, um, dark side has on, which granted dark side could be a Thanos parallel anyway, probably is. Let's, let's face it. Um, but yeah, you, you can go check that out if you feel so inclined. That is a pretty... I've been enjoying reading that. Uh, it might read better in trade, but it's... um, Which I believe uh, Dirt is doing. So, but you can go check out a lot of it regardless. Next All up. Right. Uh, Dr. <clears throat> Manhattan is uh, meddling, and that is the uh, the force behind 
some of what's happened in uh, DC's Rebirth. And uh, the meddling is officially rewriting Green Lantern's history. So I guess that's going to be part of the new Green Lantern book. Hmm. Yeah, that's what you guys talked about last week by noted weird writer Grant Morrison. Right. (laughs) Should be no surprise. Um, Batman adopts a new ward in Justice League. Not necessarily, but kind of. So this is from Justice League 11, which I believe was from last week also. Mm -hmm. Um, Where in the villain Starro, y'all know the starfish from, from the man who's adds everything. I know that in other places, obviously, but Star Wars returned, died, but then came back as a, a younger version of itself, kind of like Darkseid did. But mm-hmm. they, and apparently, Batman put him in a jar and is working for has him working for him. So that is the the board they're talking about. Oh, we had him on his yeah. That was pretty silly. Yeah, but okay. Jaro, as as he's calling him, which apparently yeah. Bruce was the one that called him that. I'm like, hmm. Batman has a sense of humor. Who knew? Which this article kind of brings up. So yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I noticed that. I was, I was, you know, oh god, that's silly. Alrighty, next up, uh, Marvel announces a Hulk Marines. Yeah, you heard that. Which they already had, because isn't that what that stupid weapon age thing is about? <laughs> you know what's funny is that for whatever reason, like Greg Pak is having a lot of fun writing that. And people seem to be reading it because I don't see that many copies on the stand. Maybe what it is is whoever's reading it is buying the few copies that stores are ordering. Or they uh, haven't ordered as much because it sounds silly. But I like Greg Park, and this is nothing against him. Right, exactly. It's just the concept. So um, apparently uh, it's going to be a three-issue miniseries detailing what happens when uh, the newly returned Logan and uh, the Hulk uh, reunite to take down... Uh, the experiment that produced Weapon H, what uh, uh, what shall call it? Wep- yeah, Weapon H, Weapon H, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's that is a thing. Jeez, Louise. And last but not least, we talked about this um, earlier, or really alluded to it earlier. In that, that was the announcement of the new D- the Daredevil creative team, which is one Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. Mm-hmm. So. Coming uh, February 2019, the I don't know. Well, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not. Re- I'm not one to read Daredevil, but I, actually, I don't know if you said I would check it out still. But I'm like, uh, Zadowski's kind of writing style leans a little bit more, kind of towards like Jerry Dugan and more humorous, right? So. Having and I'm that's not saying he can't stretch out and change and whatever, and this could be dark and different, whatever. Because I mean, we hell, we if if, if Immortal Hulk has said anything that what we know about what a writer does does not detect what they always do exactly because there's a direction that a writer can take a character and it'll be just vastly different from anything we're familiar with mm-hmm. from that writer's you know, uh, history exactly. So that that's the thing we don't know. So this is not that was not me judging, I'm just like, hmm. Interesting. Right. That's an interesting choice for a creative team. Right. I mean, I love Zadarsky's uh, Spectacular Spider-Man. Right. And but that it fits was, there. Right. And that was not uh that was not in the vein the same vein as you know, it wasn't all hilarity all the time. Right. Because it did deal with some, you know, pretty pretty weighty stuff. So um but it definitely did, you know, have more of a 
a comedic sense. Sure. So I definitely sense where you're going. But Chichetto's art doesn't lend itself to that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm kind of curious about this team up. Yeah. Between, it's... Creator, between these creators. Right. Which, yeah, which definitely says, like, okay, they're, they're something's definitely going to be the case because, you know, breaking a character like Daredevil a little more humorous is kind of out of the the realm of the character but at the same time yeah, I'll say yes and no like you said it depends on the it depends on the creator like sure. Wade Wade's take on Daredevil was definitely much more lighthearted than Souls but mm-hmm. now Soul you know definitely took Daredevil to you know to court you know but <laughs> you know, exactly he had him in the courtroom a lot more you know especially dealing with uh you know some procedural stuff so it was a pretty you know technical take on uh Matt Murdock's law career so It'll be cool to see a, a new take. I know Soul is, uh, you know, probably told the stories that he's wanted to tell for Daredevil because that's the character he always wanted to write mm-hmm. for Marvel. So um, I'm wondering what what's next for him if he's got anything else under uh, under the Marvel banner or if he's going to go back to strictly uh, doing. Uh, I mean, he's still doing Darth Vader, so that's true. So yeah, he's and I think he has a couple of things. He might have something. I know. I feel like there's. I've seen something about him doing something else in the Star Wars universe, also outside of Vader. I could be okay. wrong. And you know, he has written stuff from that. But I mean, another book. I'm not sure. But but yeah, he's definitely doing, he's doing Vader right now, and I'm sure at some point that's going to end. But at the, you know, yeah. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Alrighty, and that ends our last segment of the show and so this, i would like to bring up something though really 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 quick or do the last that okay yes um so there is let me see obviously there's a lot of stuff uh you know there's a lot of articles out there remembering stanley and his legacy and all that kind of stuff you should go check some of that stuff out um there's in our clickbait so what i didn't see anything go oh okay there must be some feedback or something but um so there's a couple of good articles in our clickbait section. If you if you got the the, the show notes in the uh, from the tweet that I put out, you'll see some of that in there. Um, some of what's noted is like Stanley's top ten most underrated Marvel creations. Stanley reads the Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Um, there's an article about Stanley sharing what he loves about Spider Man. You know, there's um uh. An hour-long jazzy background music of from the '67 Spider-Man cartoon, which you should definitely check out because there's some good stuff going on in that, and some some other things. But I just wanted to let, let you know about that. There was another article of uh, about a variant cover, but it's it is what it is. But it's a very good-looking variant cover. So, but that's it. Now we can go into the ads. Alrighty. So our last ad of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronté, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member. And you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of your of the Click Nation's Compo Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us 
forward slash wink. Wink wines through CSPN.us. Do it today. And as we close this out and I figure out what the heck is going on with my video um, uh, for the rest of the night, probably not because I won't need it. Regardless, we would say uh, thank you for coming out to this show like you tend to do. Um, there may or may not be some changes to how you get this show coming up. We don't know. I don't want to talk about that. I shouldn't probably have even mentioned that, but nevertheless, um, but stay tuned for anything. We'll let you know again, no show next week because of, uh, the U S holiday Thanksgiving. Well, it's not just a U.S. holiday, but you know what I'm saying? Um, so we won't be here. Maybe we might do something over the weekend. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, stay but tuned we'll, to social media. But definitely look out on the social medias. And that is as follows. You can follow me at Roddicat on uh, Twitter and uh, News News Need on Twitter. Uh, the News News Need Reddit. You can check that out there. CB Caps on Instagram. I've been posting a good, a good bit of stuff in the last few days. You go check some of that. Some of those posts out. Um, Agent underscore 70 on... Excuse me, thank you. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter and probably Instagram, but I don't know if you want to follow him there. But do, do so because he's, you know, hey, whatever. Um, CB Cron on Twitter. The Click Nation on Twitter. D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. Also, theclicknation.com. And... Um, Thank you. Comic book resources where he's over there writing his face off. Go check him out over there. Click on the stuff and read it. And last but not least, uh, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Um, um, the pop culture net on Twitter. Uh, I pop culture network.com and I need comics.com. Soon to whatever the, the latest vine will be next year, but stay tuned for that. If you're interested, um, you can find this show on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, five, five, five. There will be a link in the show notes next week. If and we need to really not start putting the show notes in the with the um with the thing, but I've been saying that for a while. Anyway, but go check us out on Spotify because that's where you'll find us now, along with the other cool kids. Um, just search Combo Chronicles. You know how to do. Um, but also, if you want to go check us out. The CSPN.us, the Cold Slither Podcast Network. Work, work, work. We are there along with other fine shows. Uh, also, shop.cspn. You can go get some merch from this show and other shows. And with that, folks, we will see you on the next show, possibly a uh, week after next, possibly next weekend. Who knows? But, um, you know. Hold your loved ones dear. Always, um, always, um, always, always check up on your peoples. And um, we, uh, this is the Click Nation's Combo Chronicle. And unless Agent Underscore Seven has something else to say, we are out. I just wanted to add rest in power, Stan Lee. Excelsior. Excelsior, true believers. Yes, face front, true believers. Peace. One. <laughs>